Hello, everyone. Welcome to our uh, welcome to part two of on the barricades. This is your place for uh, this is your place for Pan Eastern European news, of course, from a critical uh, left uh, perspective. And uh, I'm uh, I'm a uh, Yuri Smouter, your uh, co-host, uh, the host of One Plus One at my YouTube channel, Yuri Muckraker, and joined, of course, by your uh, by your co-hosts and editors, Dr. Maria Chernat and Boyan Stanislavski. Hey guys, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Always a pleasure. Likewise. And so, yeah, and of course we're doing our thumbs up, thumbs uh thumbs down and uh and you know, uh, let's start with my uh let's let's start with me because mine are very uh, brief. My uh thumbs down has to be <laughs> uh Tony Blair, a uh, war criminal uh, at large is 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 getting a knighthood <laughs> he will be known as sir tony blair sir anthony blair and it's tony blair do i need to even say anything more do i even really need to waste more oxygen on why this is such a disgusting thing why this is not only you know two thumbs up but there's not enough middle fingers in the world for what the establishment has just done giving tony blair a knighthood i mean i mean you know sickening but at the same time uh the queen has practically disowned her son uh prince andrew and maria you were talking about human trafficking in uh you know in uh, romania mm -hmm. and you know uh you know prince andrew is stripped from all of his uh royal titles for his uh you know for his alleged roles in the uh, human trafficking scandal of Jeffrey Epstein, which was sanctioned by the uh, American, the British, and the Israeli uh, deep states. And I think that's a very, you know, that's a thumbs up, but still, I mean, a thumbs down because Tony Blair is is still given the knighthoods. And one of my other, and one of my other uh, uh, thumbs down uh, uh, has to be, uh, in Canada, which 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 is which is the country I, I often follow, you know what you know what's happening in Canada. Uh, recently, a bunch of uh, a bunch of workers, a bunch of truckers, uh, have decided they're they're against uh, Trudeau's uh, vaccine uh, mandate for uh, truck workers and other essential workers. So these uh, uh, workers have decided to go on strike, and they've all been driving in their big uh, trunks. Uh, in, in their big trucks, honking and so forth, demanding no to uh, you know no to vaccine mandates, no to any form of lockdowns, and uh, you know our body, our choice. And they have and, and they and they, they they arrived in Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, and they're protesting on uh, Parliament Hill. And for me, the reason why this is for me, this is why a thumbs down. And I know COVID has become such a toxic issue. There is no room for any rationality when we talk about all things COVID. But, you know, I'm of the opinion that, you know, this pandemic broke out because of how we treat our animals. And this pandemic is real. This is not a scamdemic, as some people would say. This is not even a plandemic, as some people would say. This was just shit got out of hand, and now we have to deal with the consequences of that. And although I understand why some people are not comfortable with the vaccine, they think that it was made too quickly, 
they've they 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 they've read about big pharma doing a lot of corruption and using and, and using people as uh, as you know as human guinea pigs. So I do understand you know people who uh, you know who are what we would call uh, vax hesitancy or even you know anti vaxxers. But I oppose the people who have gone ape shit and are and, and, and what I call anti-vax fundamentalists and when I do talk to some people and I or, or I or I look at or I or I analyze discussions either online or in public and and and, and you know some people you know say to these anti-vaxxers well okay if we don't okay you say you don't trust the vax so okay so you want so, so you want more time for for a safer vax to be made what is your alternative then and how we overcome the pandemic in the absence of, uh, uh, you know, of, of a safe vax, which you guys don't trust. And then when you ask them about lockdowns or, uh, you know, and then when you ask them about lockdowns and you ask them about, you know, basic safety uh, protocols like social distancing or at, or, or at the very least, all of us wearing a hospital masks, many of these, you know, anti-vax fundamentalists, are, they're also against lockdowns. They're also against, you know, they're also against, you know, wearing hospital masks. And for those on the left who, 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 who keep overlooking the fact that this anti-vax movement, these anti-lockdown movements are proto-fascists and are far-right libertarians, you don't, I mean, it's so obvious when you look at uh, when you look at these truckers in uh, Canada and other folks like in uh, Eastern Europe, like in uh, Bulgaria and Romania, there is nothing left wing about these, uh, uh, you know, about these anti-vax fundamentalists, these anti-lockdown folks. These are Marxist fundamentalists. These are people who are COVID minimalists who think that COVID is just like the flu or even worse, they're COVID denialists. And when they do talk about COVID, they are open to the idea that this was all, uh, uh, you know, they're all, they are open to the lab leak theory, but then they don't want to do anything to stop <laughs> the spread of COVID and so forth. So, so yeah, I and, and I just want to weigh in here and and say that we published recently. Uh, on uh, Romanian Barricada, a very interesting article that was first published on the new poster platform and that shows step-by-step step how the Koch Foundation was behind the Barrington Declaration. The Barrington Declaration is the one that was used by important people like Donald Trump, Boris Johnson, and the chief epidemiologist in Sweden to advance the idea of natural herd immunity. And that led to thousands of hundreds of thousands of people dying. And uh, also there were instead, instead of coming and saying, we are willing to invest a lot of money just to get this done. And then we'll start over. I mean, uh, the Koch Industries and other important foundations they, they basically corrupted workers' organizations into believing that protesting against masks, social distancing is a safe way to protect their jobs. So they were so, yeah. so insidious and perverse. <coughs> because, and also the governments, instead of saying to the Koch industries and others that financed the Barrington Declaration, uh, saying, look, you have to give us a lot of money to keep people in the houses in lockdowns, so everybody is safe. And once the virus is gone, then we can start over and then we can 
also repay and help out. No, what they did was to actively push forward this right-wing this right-wing narrative. And I will say here that Pfizer pushed the agenda that the vaccine is the only solution and yeah. they also imposed this very neoliberal solution to a public health crisis, which is not okay. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but the yeah. way the vaccines were so-called managed and organized is and neoliberal and, and it's, in, it's detrimental to any kind of, of public health policy that should be public, not private. And on the other hand, you have the Koch industries using people's desperation who are put in a position to choose between their job and their life than their health and to use them to, to, to spread all these conspiracy theories. And we published this article. This is very good because while you get a lot of articles on how Pfizer uh, managed to put forward uh, its agenda on vaccines as the only way out, this is an article showing how the other side was also financed by important corporation. Boyan signaled that article to me and I translated into Romanian. Yeah, I just also want to say that uh, again, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, fascists, you know, the far rights, uh, uh, you know, the right wing in general are very good at taking legitimate concerns, legitimate uh, issues, but then presenting a completely batshit reactionary agenda so i will meet them at this i do understand people's uh concerns about this uh, uh about about the safety of uh you know of uh, vaccines uh this is uh you know you know this is why we need to have no conflicts of interest and we need to have uh, people like ralph nader in charge of something like the fda not some corrupt you know, douchebag from Pfizer and whatnot, you know, you know, regulating themselves. We cannot have the foxes and the wolves guarding the hen house, you know, or the uh, deer pens. But that being said, you know, I thought that when that, 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 that when the pandemic broke out, I was looking forward to having very good, uh, you know, uh, discussions where where we can finally advance. Uh, uh, universal basic income. We could finally advance the idea that when there is a huge economic crisis or pandemic, instead of, uh, you, you know, we suspend people's rents, we suspend people's mortgages, we bail out the people and make sure that everybody is uh, taken care of for the greater good, which is, you know, which is people's health. Because, you know, the people who are protesting against lockdowns and wanting to go back to work and back to school, and 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 they and they and they say that people's mental health worsens under lockdowns. Well, you know, people's mental health worsens when everyone is dying around them from uh, from, 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 from 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 COVID or whatever disease. And you can't work if you're uh, you can't work if you're uh, you know if you're really sick. And therefore, we could have also advanced the idea of paid sick leaves. But instead, what have we gotten throughout the the pandemic? I see. I, I see left-leaning people who are great on, you know, socioeconomic issues, social justice, racial justice, even anti-imperialist issues, engaging in COVID minimalism where they say that COVID is just like, you know, the flu or straight up, you know, COVID uh, denialism and them playing footsies with these Koch brother funded far-right lunatics 
they're cutting their nose to spike their uh, face. And if you you know if you look at so much of the leader, uh, you know, of the leadership of the anti, you know, vax, uh, you know, folks, you know, in canon elsewhere, uh, you know, they're part of you know far right movements. They are part of far right movements who just who just don't care about anyone getting sick. They just want you know everything to be uh, to, to to be normal. If you do get sick, whatever. And this was our. This was the time of the left to to, to be advancing, uh, you know, very good left wing policies like a UBI and whatnot. And uh, but 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 the left, you know, did fail in that respect. But but you know, thumbs up to uh, but but thumbs up to to some on the left who are starting to push back against this. And I encourage uh, barricade uh, readers and viewers to check out. Uh, 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 to check out breakthrough news and uh, check out uh, a clip of uh, you know of uh, you know of Rania Kalik uh, speaking to Ali Abu Nima of the Electronic uh, Intifada, who I think did a very good job pushing back against the anti-vax fundamentalists and the COVID uh, minimalists and uh, denialists. And I'll just uh, yeah, and I'll just uh, leave it at that. Oh, and one more you know thumbs up uh, is uh, is 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 the Serbian uh, People Power Movement uh, managed to get the government to cancel a mining project by Rio Tinsu. And I encourage uh, uh, Barricade viewers and listeners, if they haven't checked it, they should check out uh, uh, a Barricade article about uh, this victory and about the resistance against uh, against this mining project of uh, Rio Tinsu. And uh, thoughts from, uh, fr- from both you, Boyan or uh, Maria, on that. So I let Boyan because he was uh, unusually quiet. <laughs> right. Well, I, I want to congratulate, of course, the organizers of the protests in Serbia. And also before that, uh, again, towards <clears throat> at the end of the previous year, but uh, not in December. I think it must it, it was September or, or October. I'm sorry, I'm not very good with chronology, but uh, the, the last quarter of the year. We, we've seen uh, quite a few protests, actually, in the Balkans, the region that I come from and uh, where Maria resides. Uh, and uh, we've also seen, at the beginning of the year, mobilizations here in Poland. Uh, and actually, in Poland, we've seen successful mobilizations, workers' mobilization, before, uh, I think, around yeah last summer also. So, obviously, there was... Uh, we, we've seen... A, 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 some sort of uh, well growth, okay, in, in in class activities, so to say, on the on the part of the of the working class in our region, and I think that's great. Now we're uh, seeing a mobilization of teachers in Hungary, and of course, this is highly politicized thing because of the you know of the role of the Hungarian leader, okay, uh, that Jorban. Yeah, yeah, and, and he he he's like you know he's so symbolic in in, in many uh, as in, in many aspects that uh, this this struggle is not just about uh, about wages and about uh, yeah, about social social matters, but it's also about uh, certain political tensions that uh, are that are there in in, in that country, and uh, I hope to to uh, get soon. Um, uh, a guest from Hungary to discuss that on our program, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's great, and I think uh, we should congratulate the uh, unions, the the organizations that were behind all those protests. the The only problem here, so it's thumbs thumbs up and thumbs down at the same time, because you know all those struggles they are 
they are great and and you know i i really i really admire those people that you know take uh take on such challenges in, in those difficult circumstances okay uh not only right wing domination but also the pandemic and everything this is extremely difficult and also you know the social indifference that's 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 something that is is i really admire those people that that are leaders of those mobilizations for this because despite the social ignorance this despite the, the media attacks despite uh, all those hardships that they have to endure they are still prepared to make that sacrifice to just advance some kind of cause that they believe in, even on a local level. This is great. This is amazing. Now, the problem here, the thumbs down here, is that, uh, you know, the left is against, is asleep of the will. Like they, you, you know, the left could have used those mobilizations. Actually, Boyle, Boyle uh, uh, can, uh, can, can, can you repeat that? Because I think I'm having internet connections and sometimes you and Maria gets a cut off. So can you repeat what oh, you, okay. uh, you sure. said? Sure. So what I what I said was that uh, the thumbs down element in the whole thing uh, here is that the left is asleep of the will again, in a sense that they, you know, they should uh, use those circumstances not just to support those workers that are I don't know on strike or protesting or demonstrating or something, which is of course very great and they should be doing that, but they should also be trying to you know uh, use those. Uh, those moments to convey their messages and to demonstrate to those people that struggle makes sense because they are able, through them being politicians, to translate it into something that is a part of the in, of the political process of the country, and and this is how you are able to encourage people to uh, to protest and to mobilize because when they see that it matters inside politics that they have no access to otherwise this is the way to go and also mobilizing people is the only way forward in my opinion at least if someone has a better idea please come forward is the only way to overcome apathy and 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 you know all those things that make the society impregnated to left uh, leftist ideas and, and leftist uh you know concepts and, and 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 you know political communication even if you like like you need to to be able to somehow you know get people out to do something meaningful that later on they can see on the news or wherever okay so uh, this is this is my problem i mean the left against uh demonstrated some kind of incompetence and and uh i would say uh, it it also it it once again uh, became uh, it became clear once again that it's a hostage of its own limitations, in a sense that you know the left does not believe anymore in all those things that I said that they make sense, like you know going to people, organizing with them, forming some organic bonds, you know trying to uh, lift whatever is happening in in whatever workplace or factory or stuff like that to you know. Uh, to, to bring it into the mainstream of the public debate or something like this. So I, I, you know, okay. I mean, there are some, there are some exceptions. I mean, there are some people trying to do that, but I'm talking about the general organizing effort of the left. It's not there. It's just the left is okay with those struggles being there. The left is fine if those workers accept them as their, I don't know, as speakers on their during their rallies or something. The left is fine to, you know, to to promote their case. I don't know to organize one press conference, for example, or even three press conferences. But you know, that's that's about it. Like you know, 
that's the f- that's f- the furthest they can go. So I I am unfortunately it, it it's very disappointing. And then you know I think to some extent to some extent it speaks to uh, what you said about you know the left. Uh, the left reacting, uh, you know, to uh, to people that are, are are somehow against vaccines or skeptical towards vaccines, or or I don't know, are getting uh, somehow uh, are getting uh, duped by this right wing uh, propaganda or anti vax propaganda or whatever, you know, all those things, right? Well. <clears throat> There's a very simple answer, in my opinion, as to why is the left losing this struggle. Now, the left losing this struggle in terms of debate, okay, because the left says, approaches those people saying, how dare you question fine, uh, uh, science or how dare you question, uh, you know, the uh, uh, efficiency of the medical drugs and stuff like how dare you do all those things and you know this is something that the left somehow cannot grasp and people even those without education they can't grasp that through their own you know biological even if you like intuition well you can question anything that's that's what makes us human you can question i you know i i quite recently got a uh, got a question from uh you know some some uh, identity politics activists asking me how dare you question someone's feelings well, I can question anything I want. You know, that's that's what makes me a human. That's that's how I differ from other species of mammals, you know. And 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 the the thing here is that the messaging, the communication, the the, the way we approach our uh, the, the people that we allegedly want to uh, uh, to convince to become part of our uh you know our our circles our our environment we you know we we confront them in the in the most stupid manner po- possible you know for me as a leftist for me as as a bulgarian polish whatever as an eastern european proud eastern european by the way <laughs> people who believe in god are my interlocutors i criticize the church all the time for all those things, uh, for all those hardships that uh, you know we in Poland have to endure because of the role of the church in the Polish history, for me, people who are not vaccinated in Poland, and there are there's plenty of them, are my interlocutors. I will talk to them and try to convince them to get the vaccine. For me, people who protest against lockdowns in Poland are my interlocutors. I supported the lockdowns. Yet at the same time, I realized how how difficult it is going to be, because obviously, you know, the the the, the effect of the lockdowns globally is the one that can be easily compared to an effect of a world war, and this is a tragedy, this is a disaster, and you know we can we can speculate until tomorrow whether this was because we treat bats badly or because I don't know we don't we we, we don't adhere to some rules basic hygiene or whatever other scientific things related to how do you, you know, how do you, whatever, how how do you deal with with animals that transmit such viruses and stuff like that? The thing is only that either we want to place ourselves inside the society and engage with that society, or we choose to ignore reality 
and we choose to call those people that don't agree with us, you know, and to treat them like utter crap and to, to you know, insult them, offend them and all the rest of it. Now, regarding, regarding what you said about, you know, those, those mobilizations uh, b- being organized uh, by, by extremist right-wingers and, and, by, and what Maria said uh, earlier about the Koch brothers financing the anti-vaxxers. Well, you see, another thing that they understand and we don't seem to. Because, you know, uh, Lenin once wrote a great, uh, a great thing. I, unfortunately, I can't remember in which book was that. Uh, but he wrote that, you know, socialists, communists, they should go even and become Boy Scouts if there's a good environment for them to work there and to, you know, recruit to, uh, you know, caters from there. And, you know, this is something, this is a homework that the left has still not gotten over. I mean, has, has still not done in a sense that, come on, guys, like, you know, if we have to go to some kind of weird rally, I'm not saying that this is the case, but if, you know, hypothetically, if we have to go there because we feel that there are people with a lot of critical mm, uh, with, with, with a lot of critical approach and critical energy in them, even if it's confused, what's the problem talking to them? You know, sometimes talking to one person and convincing one person is just more valuable than, you know, staging uh, whatever uh, uh, kind of some performance in the Internet. You know, exactly. so this, yeah, so this is this is the kind of thing that 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 I have a problem uh, with. Like, you, you know. We can call them out. We can do all those things that we've done over the last uh, five, uh, sorry, three years. Well, nearly three years. It's like over two years now, right? We, we can do that. But it doesn't bring about any effect that is positive to us. That's why I advocate to just change the strategy. Let's just, you know, and you said that, for example, you, you know, I support personally, I support uh, mandatory vaccination, okay? And I, I can argue this position, okay? And there are people in America and Canada in particular on the left, and I observe that, you know, just what I can see in the media and what I can see in, on YouTube and the leftist YouTubers and stuff. Yeah, they, I, I, in my in my view, they do have a problem here. But this problem is not with vaccines. This problem is an ideological problem, which is a deep, which is the biggest problem on the left globally, and it has been uh, the case for the last three years. Now, why do they go for this I will never, you know, allow the state to enforce vaccinations and stuff like that. Well, because they grew up in a different political culture than we did. They grew up in a political culture where liberalism, even the the most vulgar versions of it, is deeply embedded. And for an American or Canadian to accept something like this, that the state is now order people to get vaccinated and everybody is going to get the jab. And if they don't, they will be, you know, sent to jail or they will be punished financially or something. This is an idea for them, which is extremely difficult to chew on. And, you know, and I understand that. And I still want to engage in a dialogue with them and, and, you know, put forward my position. The problem is only that if we, if we employ the basket of deplorables tactics, then we get exactly nowhere. And, you know, those truckers in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Canada, look, I, I was, from what I gather, you know, from everything that I read about it, and I read like, I don't know, five, seven articles about this, you know, the, the argument that actually was the most important, 
correct me if I'm wrong. Perhaps I don't have the right, the, the correct information. But the argument that was most important is that the Canadian government was trying to enforce 14-day quarantine on everyone uh, crossing the border from the United States to Canada, which is means basically death to the industry. Let, it's another question whether this industry of you know trucks driving uh, things back and forth is is really the healthiest industry in the world. But mm. I mean, you know, this I'm sorry if this is the case, then this idea is ludicrous. And you know, the problem here is not the truckers with the wrong ideas. The problem is the government that put forward an idiotic uh, uh, suggestion. And people reacted to it, you know, in a neurotic manner, confused politically and so on and so forth. But their reaction was correct in the final aftermath, like in the, you know, the global, the kind of, if you take the macro perspective, okay? And, and, and why is there, there's another question here. The situation begs another question. Why is the reaction so confused politically? Well, because you have only one stream. And this speaks to the question of the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers and the neoliberals, the neoliberals, they understand that perfectly. They will go everywhere. They actually, they follow Lenin to the letter. Look at what look at the history of neoliberalism. They formed cater organizations, revolutionary vanguard. Uh, you know, th they pressed for, you know, being as possibly, uh, I mean, to be as popular as possible everywhere, you know, on the left. On the right, Boy Scouts, whatever, uh, praying circles and stuff like that. And now they just see that for them, it's a perfect uh, storm because they can fund, you know, and they can be friends to Pfizer and Big Pharma and whatever, and the, 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 the government of Canada, Romania, whatever other, you know, all governments uh, probably. And, and, you know, they can be friends with them, but at the same time, they can sow discord and they can wreck the social fabric and wreck the left and wreck their enemies and wreck the public debate, you know, to the extent that no rational discussion is possible. And for them, this is great because neoliberalism is not just another ideological concept of the ruling classes. Neoliberalism is an entire model of uh, uh, managing capitalism worldwide, uh, worldwide, where there is no democracy whatsoever in the final aftermath. That's the point here. That's the end game of neoliberalism. And unfortunately, it seems to be going okay. I mean, look, they are eating popcorn and drinking champagne. That's what they're doing when they see all the lockdowns, the protests against lockdowns, the vaccines going good, the vaccines going bad, people dying, you know, uh, 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 public uh, healthcare systems dismantled and crushed, right? They love that. Whatever happens, the more chaos, the more destruction, the better. And if there can be some fascism on the way, that's great, you know, for them too. So for them, whatever happens, it's a win-win situation. And unfortunately, this is... The thing that we, you know, we're not aware that we're playing this game as the left. And we should be aware because they are our biggest enemies, really. So, uh, you know, in this sense, I want to, I only, only want to give uh, one more, perhaps it's a fun fact here. Because I read yes, yes, exactly. Tell us about Poland and that. Yeah, very but before before I go to Poland, I just want to say because I read the Russian media, as you know, uh, which of course makes me a Kremlin troll and all the rest of it. Uh, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, I read and, and follow the Russian media, and some Russian media have claimed, by the way, uh, which is funny and stupid, that uh, the uh, the events in Canada, because Trudeau, you know, he ran away somewhere. You know, there was this incident where oh, well, he got COVID. 
He got yeah, COVID. Well, well, he got COVID. So. Anyway, but there was there was some tension, like physical tension, from what I gather, like between those truckers and and like uh, I don't know, was it the police or, or or something like that? There was there, there was a bit of a kind of you know. Uh, Mm, well, something that re resembled violence or clashes. Okay, so uh, those uh, the, the media that I'm talking to in Russia, they, they concluded the author concluded that oh, now it's the it's the Canadian Maidan, and that you know Canadians are now going to see like, <laughs> <laughs> they supported something like this in UK. So I, I just want to say that you know to this guy and, and to all people who fall for this nonsense, this is not the Maidan. This is far from the Maidan. This is a regular protest which is very is absolutely legit for any democratic liberal democracy so to say there is no violence or nothing excessive at least uh, the postulates are rather clear some of them are confused but they are rather clear the anger is towards a concrete and specific uh, uh, layer of people or institutions or concrete specific people like Justin Trudeau and this is a regular thing that happens every once in a while. Maybe for the Canadians who are not French, although some of them speak French, it is a little bit overwhelming because, you know, when the French go on strike, then half of the city of Paris is burning and, you know, the, the, the airports don't work, the train stations don't work, you know, and, and the telecommunication companies barely function. But, you know, guys, this is okay. No Maidan, nothing. Just, you know, it's going to be all right. They protest and they'll, 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 they'll finally... They will finally have to go home. This is how the protest protests work. Unless wanna... it's the Maidan, then they don't go home. Then they start shooting. <laughs> That's different. Well, I just want to say here that the problem that I see, just to somehow amplify what you said, is that unfortunately, lockdowns, for instance, in China worked. And they work perfectly. I mean, the U.S. media, like the Forbes, uh, and we also published a translation of a wonderful article on China and how they manage from the party of uh, socialism for socialism and liberation from the United States. They wrote an extensive piece on how China dealt with the pandemics. And <clears throat> the idea is that, unfortunately, our governments take only one part of the measures and then leave all the citizens to get by on their own. What do I mean by <laughs> exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The problem, Yuri, is that you impose lockdown. What about the homeless people? Now, in China, 96 of the population has uh, its own house and uh, they also have social housing for the 4% and the, the, the rents are so low that this is not a problem. Okay, so when you impose lockdowns like they did in China, of course, in China, they are more effective because people have a place to stay. Okay, but impose that in San Francisco. The viewers maybe do not know, but the, the homeless problem is just insane. Yeah, okay. we have, uh, I, 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 I used to live in California. And yeah, we have uh, one of the highest it's, rates. It's unbelievable. I mean, you enter a park and you see 200 people, homeless people just lying there. For an Eastern European, somebody who's not used to this reality is just shocking. Okay, uh, how do you impose a lockdown there? What are those people supposed to do? Climb in the tree? To isolate themselves? Are you insane? I mean, this is not possible. So you have to also offer people economic and financial exactly. support <laughs> because they what? will not go on in the streets protesting, no matter how harsh the measurements, if they would have gotten some financial support. So follow the money, dear leftists. The problem is not the lockdown, but the problem is that the governments did not tax the rich high enough 
to offer financial support for everybody to get through this crisis. And also the government, as I told you, they give one particular, you know, regulation yeah. and then we are supposed to whatever. And then me, I stay here in the village. And also, you know, homeless is one thing, but the elderly people, that was, that was also a big problem the elderly. during the lockdown. I mean, in China, they organized to bring food to the elderly. Everything was organized in a way that it was not only authoritarian measures, but also financially supporting the population so yeah. that you don't put an impossible, uh, you don't put people in an impossible situation where they have to choose between their health and their job. Because yeah. they will choose their job because they have nothing to eat. COVID might seem something, you know, virtual, while yeah. hunger, you know, strikes after two days, mm-hmm. <laughs> you risk dying. So, you know. Yeah, but I, I would urge Boyan to tell us a funny thing from Poland. He recently <laughs> right. wrote an article, and I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, well, that's that, that's another fun fact. Uh, so uh, we have uh, in Poland, as uh, probably most of our viewers know, we have in place a Catholic fundamentalist government. It's a hardcore uh, right-wing government with a lot of neoliberal traits, although some people, you know, they try to deny that because they enacted some like a social measure where they pay child support but and and you know according to some people unfortunately according to some people on the left as well this uh symbolizes some kind of dismantlement of neoliberalism in Poland which is complete bs but uh, uh but anyway so they 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 have this uh you know catholic fundamentalist agenda not so much because they are catholic fundamentalists themselves but because they had to uh, have a they had to have a deal with the church in order to uh, be able to win the elections. And the church is a very strong institution in Poland. Poland declared themselves to be, you know, strong believers, Catholics, and so on and so forth. Uh, and, uh, and well, the church did help them. Uh, and uh, finally, you know, the church uh, had to uh, cash in on, <laughs> you know, on the support that they had provided. So uh, they requested ban on abortions, and they requested that back in 2016 when the party Law and Justice—that's what the party is called—the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Law and Justice Party—they they won the elections, the, f- the first elections they won in the last six years were exactly in 2015. They got their president, they got their uh, majority in the parliament, uh, and one year later, uh, the the church brought the bill, and they actually tried to uh, uh, to pass through the parliament. A law that would restrict further the the ban on abortion that has already been in place since 1993, because in in Poland the abortions were banned back in 1993, uh, before 1989 and before 1993. Of course, they they were allowed legal and they were accessible. Uh, so. This. Why am I saying that? Because this is the prelude to what uh, to the fun fact. Otherwise, it's not going to be funny if you don't understand the context. So uh, we had those uh, in 2016. There was this uh, this attempt to do to to restrict that further, and uh, it failed because of the because of the mobilization uh, of the Polish women, uh, and that was that was the so-called black protest from 2016. And this was amazing because it it mobilized people not only in big urban centers but also in the province, in the villages and towns, and so on and so forth. So uh, back then they had to uh, they, <coughs> they had to withdraw that because they were just simply afraid that the government that was just elected a year ago would have fallen so uh the th- th- then what they did is they looked out for help from real from you know catholic fundamentalist caters from from uh, from people that are really 
capable of, of, you know, either campaigning or introducing uh, legal changes that would, you know, not be so sensitive to some kind of popular anger outbursts. And this is how one of those organizations, which now became pretty powerful and very dangerous, called Ordo Juris, uh, I used to remember what it means in Latin, unfortunately, I think it means something like ju- ju- juridical, ju- judicial order or something like this. But anyway, Ordo Juris is, um, is an organization, an NGO, uh, that, that is composed of Catholic, of lawyers, with Catholic fundamentalist views, okay? So it's a dangerous organization because, first of all, those people are lawyers, they are competent, they are rich, okay? So, uh, and and they have uh, not only the backing of the government, but they actually have the kind of, you know, uh, collaboration with the government. I mean, the government sort of invited them to, to, uh, you know, become the mainstream or to be part of the mainstream. And this Ordo Juris has had all kinds of very strange uh, ideas. Well, strange and dangerous, uh, funny. From uh, if you're a you know if you're a person with convictions like like ours here, then it's funny because they wanted, for example, to uh, not only outlaw abortions to the extent that even a miscarriage would be investigated by prosecutors. So obviously, you know, there's a lot of hatred towards women and 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 you know everything that happened after the general suffrage. I would say, uh, and uh, but there's also things like uh, they would assist the police, particularly the police units and the prosecutors that are uh, with the government. Uh, in a sense that they support the government, they have the same views. They would assist them uh, to, for example, prosecute people who took part in protests against abortion mm-hmm. bans or against other nonsense, uh, you know, that was put forward by the Polish government, has been put forward by the Polish government over the last six years. And, uh, you know, including prosecuting and threatening, you know, minors. I mean, we're, ta- we're talking about people that are 14, 15, 16 years of age, and they will, you know, bring them to police stations. And those organizations, there is no evidence for that, okay? So this is just the speculation that I encountered in the yeah. uh, in some media is that you know those th- this organization would actually you know give the idea to the police to the prosecution how to actually organize the detention how to organize the process the interrogation so that it's most effective in terms of having this chilling effect because you know I mean if you're 14 years old like and you're taken by the police at six o'clock in the morning and brought to the prosecutor or then to the court or something like this you know whatever this is this is not a chilling effect I mean you can get a heart attack you know especially if you live in a, in a small village or something like this so then but where's Where's the funny part in all this? Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Now, now, so far it was scary. Here's the funny part. Now, so this organization has been campaigning. uh, I I just wanted to 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 give you a sense of, of of what it means in the Polish public sphere. Okay, so this organization. Is, is also campaigning for all kinds of like criminalizing homosexuality, but also, and that was very important last year, they have had some heavy campaigning uh, for banning divorces. You see how yeah. bad it is? Like they, they wanted to ban divorces, okay? <laughs> so, uh, and they were they were boasting about it like, yes, of course, I mean, this is some kind of very strange remnant of, of communism or, or whatever. I mean, I'm not sure whether they use the word communism, but uh, they would compare it to something that they hate or despise. And, and you know, no, no, the divorces should be impossible and so on and so forth. Yet now they are going through the big D. Like this is the, the thing. There are two divorces going on uh, in in the top leadership of that organization. And why are those divorces happening? Well, because the people who are the leaders of this organization decided, I don't know how, and I don't know what the intui- what instincts they had and what intuitions and, and so on, so what feelings, but they decided that it's actually okay 
to do some sort of unconsensual swinging. And they went ahead <laughs> and banged each other outside their marriages. And now there are two divorces and probably more on the way soon. And the whole organization thou has not commit, hey, thou, hey, thou shalt not commit that. adultery and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. so you know that was that was really shocking because now you know uh <laughs> those people they really they produced you, you because of how shocking it was and because of how um well shocking maybe is not the correct word because not many people were actually shocked by the fact that people have you know uh, this kind affairs. of affairs i mean this happens okay every once in a while but but the thing is that those people were banning were attempting to ban <laughs> divorce okay so they were attempting to ban something that they have actually that are actually going through right now so what would the situation be had they actually achieved the ban of of, of, of divorces they would probably have to i don't know like the gay couples from poland they have to go to the netherlands to to, to marry they would probably have to go to germany to get a divorce or something or or or, or, or 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 someone would have to die because i think because because you know when you do those uh you know those christian marriage vows it's till death do us part so mm-hmm. so they would probably <laughs> kill each other I, I don't know i don't know but this is this is a, a very funny thing but what is what is maybe less funny but is even but it's more important is that you know people see through that i mean i i feel that even the right wingers judging by the reactions that i see in the uh, on the internet even the right wingers they go like i mean come on i mean this is like you know th- this terrorism <laughs> that they try to apply, you know, family values, you know, every, no homosexuality, only heteronorm, and, you know, all this, this kind of neurotic talk on the right, that this is getting too much, even for the young generation supporting the right-wing tra- uh, uh, traditionalists and so on and so forth. Like, even for them, you know, they start to understand that the question of, of, of like, how, you know, how do you perceive the concept of family? How do you perceive your own individual place? sense of place in, in, a, in a community, that this is something that is not really subjected directly to politics in a sense that this is just modernity, the zeitgeist, so to say, that is just going, it, it, it's pressing and you can try to stop it, but you can try to stop it for a limited amount of time. You will not be able to stop this forever. Okay, so uh, unless, I don't know, unless you have something uh, more uh, uh, inspiring for people to uh, to look <laughs> up to. But, 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 you know, what is important here is that this... This neuro- uh, neurotic uh, uh, pressure that the right wing has developed and, and, and the invitation to that organization to become part of the mainstream is, is a symptom of this uh, neurotic uh, kind of attempts to make sure that no voices that are different from the Catholic fundamentalist concept of, or, or the Catholic fundamentalist worldview matter in the public debate. It failed. It clearly failed. I mean, it's not only that. There, are, there were many incidents which were also funny in the past, which we discussed in our program, that are that, that to one to some extent, directly or indirectly, occurred at the hands of this government. So this government, the Catholic fundamentalist government of law and justice, has done more than any other government since 1989 to make the Polish, uh, the, the, particularly the Polish youth, but also the Poles in in general. A much more secular society than it used to be ten years ago. So you know, great. this is this is yeah, this is this is really great. And on top of everything, this government is at the verge of 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 you know uh, sort of uh, well 
losing power, I would say, in a sense that uh, they, they still are a solid factor in Polish politics. I don't know for how long is, is, is this going to continue, but there is just no way, at least for the moment, unless some, some something, some force majeure occurs. But, uh, you know, for the moment, it seems like there's no way for them to win the next elections. It's just, it's over. Oh. That's you know, it's it, it's it's over. One uh, one one can only hope. But then you get Donald Tusk. Now we now now, we, yeah. now we've gone over time. We're going to have a third segment. So we're going to take another uh, quick break. Please join us uh, for that because we still have to get to uh, to 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 some of Boyan's thumbs up, thumbs down. So please uh, join us uh, in a very short while.